Welcome back, Mike Farrell Sports Talk. My name is Adam and Mike Farrell with me again for another episode. Again, thanks for listening to us on the Believe Podcast Network and subscribing to the Mike Farrell Sports YouTube page where you can watch this crystal clear video of Mike and I as we break down all things happening in the world of college football, Mike. And the talk of uh, of this week, obviously there's, there's games, championships, blah, 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 blah. Nobody wants to talk about that, Mike. Everybody wants the rumors. Everybody wants the gossip. Everybody wants the coaching carousel. Coaches are moving. Um, things are falling into place for a few different universities, Mike. A bunch of different hires over the weekend. Um, I guess we can take some of these in chronological order uh, as they happened. Um, and let's start with one I know you had been telling everyone for a while was going to take place. I know there were some doubters throughout the week. But lo and behold, Matt Rule is now the, uh, the head man at uh, Nebraska. Um, I don't think that comes as a surprise to you. But what, what's the fit, you think, for Matt Rule to Nebraska? How good a let's, – let's grade the hires, Mike. A, a to F. Okay. Give, me a, give me a grade for that. Nebraska. Yeah, so I did that on the site. Um, so oh, look I, at that, MikeFarrellSports.com, by the way. I know, you, you're, you're creating content and it's already there. So I gave it an A. Um, okay. You know, and, and, you know, that's a whoop-de-doo, right? But I think it's a really good fit because, you know, Scott Frost was a great fit, I thought, because he was a former player, lives and bleeds, uh, you know, Nebraska, you know, bring excitement to the program, was a hot name. They had to outbid some people for him, blah, blah, blah. But, you know... The one question mark, as you know, covering UCF is, could he coach? Did he inherit this great situation and just sort of, you know, I don't know, uh, become successful because of that? Or could he coach? And and it turns out he can't coach. Um, No offense to him, but he can't. They they sucked. They lost every close game they were ever in. And it was a disaster. Matt Rule can coach. We know this. We absolutely are sure of this. Temple, Baylor. You know, Carolina Panthers, NFL wasn't for him, but he was offered $60-plus million guaranteed. Of course he was going to take that. But the job he did at Baylor was amazing with, the you know, all the sexual assault uh, situation, accusations, and all the drama, losing players, roster depleted. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Art Bryles even had a mess, and he cleaned it up. He went 1-11, I think, his first year, and then won 10 games, I think, his, his last two years. So 10 or more games. He can coach. Can he recruit? He's not going to get four or five stars there. He's going to get three stars, and he's going to evaluate those three stars and make them play like four stars. That's what he did at Temple. That's what he did at Baylor. That's what he's going to do. Uh, I think he's a great fit. Um, they couldn't have done better than this, to be honest with you. Now, I had Lance Leopold up there with yeah. him. You know, Luke Fickle we're going to get to in a second. Um, you know, climbing at Kansas State, great. Uh, but for them to come out and get Matt Rule, you know, I, I just don't think they could do a better job. Well, obviously, Lance uh, Leopold signed an extension or will sign an extension to Kansas, right? So he's, he essentially took himself out of the running kind of early no, uh, on no, that no, side. No, 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 no. You yeah, but when you extension. declare it, that that's fair. That's also fair. Um, do you think Nebraska will give Matt Rule a fair shake, right? Do you think that, you know, obviously yeah. they had issues with Bill Callahan. Um, they love Scott Frost. Mike Riley kind of wore his welcome out pretty early on, even though he probably did a decent job considering everything there. Do you think they'll give Matt Rule a fair shake? I think so. I mean, it's an eight-year contract. None of that means anything. Extensions don't mean anything. Nothing means anything, right? You know, Hugh Freeze signs an extension, $5 million at Liberty. We're not going to get to him in a second, obviously, but none of it means anything. You can get out of anything. There's buyouts, million-dollar, you know, boosters, donors can get you out of anything and into anything, but they're going to give them an opportunity. Um, I think they realize now, you know, Matt Rule's not Polini. He's not a jerk. Polini's a jerk. Um, Matt Rule's you know, a, a nice little man. Um, and if he can do what Polini did, which is, you know, recruits, uh, essentially recruit effectively in the Midwest, 
you know, spot recruit elsewhere. I think he's going to recruit well in the Northeast and up down the East Coast because that's where his ties are. I think he's going to recruit well in Texas because that's where he was at Baylor. Um, and I think he's going to also put together a staff that's going to help him recruit the Midwest well. Win nine games every year. Be in the mix in the West. We saw this year in the West. You don't have to win nine games. You can win eight uh, and win that division. So I think they're going to give him plenty of opportunity. I expect, prediction-wise, a bowl game next year simply because that's how good a coach he is. That may be lofty, uh, but this isn't Baylor he's taken over. This isn't a depleted roster and a horrible football team with a scandal and can't recruit and lost all their recruits in that signing class to the transfer portal immediately because there was some waiver that allowed them to transfer without penalty right, yeah. back then. This is a better situation. He's going to win six, seven games next season, and they're going to give him an opportunity to grow from there. Yeah, now he has the portal that he can pluck from, right? And he may find a quarterback or somebody, a skilled player laying around that's looking for opportunity. So Matt yeah. Rule is the first domino. The, the next one to fall, Mike, I don't know if it was a surprise. I think the name wasn't a surprise, but the location maybe was. Luke Fickle yeah. decides to jump ship from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. Now, you had heard his name. I had seen some rumblings throughout the week that Luke had been talking with uh, Nebraska. I don't know how real any of that really was. But then you see the announcements, obviously, Luke Fickle to to Wisconsin. Again, Luke moving, not a surprise. Wisconsin was. So uh, give me two answers here. One, give me the grade. And then give me your level of surprise that Luke Fickle has now got a W on his shirt. So I gave him an A as well, because if I was going to give Matt Rule an A, I had to give Luke Fickle an A. Now, it's a different situation. Um, you know, Luke Fickle is similar to Matt Rule in the fact that he recruits three-star kids, makes them play like fours. You know, the Sauce Gardeners, uh, you know, of the world develop under him. Um, he started to recruit a little bit higher level uh, because of the playoff appearance. And they were moving to the Big 12. So, I mean, those things helped him. I think he might recruit a little bit better. Uh, than rule, <clears throat> but it's not a, it's not the same situation because Jim Leonard is involved here. So you know Matt Rule is going into a situation. Mickey Joseph was the interim coach. Everybody thought that was a nice story. He's a former player at Nebraska, but he had no chance of getting the job, and that was kind of made clear from the beginning. Uh, Paul Chris was fired for Jim Leonard, according to everybody who knows anything close to the the program at Wisconsin. Now I felt that they should make Leonard, who is the longtime defense coordinator and, and a former player at Wisconsin, make him earn the job. You know, mm -hmm. it was on-the-job training. Um, don't hand it to him. And they didn't, and they were smart about this. Uh, and McIntosh, the athletic director, owed it to Wisconsin fans to do a national search to see if there was a better fit than Jim Leonard. It just so happens that Luke Fickle was interested, and, and they worked out a deal. I think that's great. The problem is he's got a locker room to deal with. Now, he'll win that over. Luke Fickle's a guy who can win over locker rooms with his personality and his winning and all that stuff. He he's, says the right thing, does the right thing. But he's under a little bit more scrutiny. Matt Rule is like, oh, my God, come save us. Our last few coaches have been horrible. Luke Fickle's entering this is like, okay, you're not one of us. Uh, yeah. You better win. And that's a little bit more pressure. Are you surprised he took Wisconsin? I mean, obviously his name had come up before. I think, you know, now that we know what he had, I, you know, he was in talks with Michigan State. I, I think looking back at it, you can maybe see that he realized he had something special brewing at Cincinnati. Maybe didn't like the fit there, stayed there, made a college football playoff, you know, uh, a semifinal game of century, right, which, which was unheard of at Cincinnati, or at least a, power, a group of five team at that point. Are you surprised it's Wisconsin? You feel like Fickle could have maybe waited 
and gotten a lot of opportunities. What do you think about Wisconsin that you know sort of dragged him out of Cincinnati? Well, I think he was rumored to be a candidate for a lot of jobs that he wasn't rumored to be a candidate for. And, and by this, I mean, you know, there was all this talk of LSU and USC and, and, and programs that weren't really a fit. I mean, this is Ohio State grad. Um, he's coaching at Cincinnati. Uh, he's a Midwest guy. Uh, you could say the same about Brian Kelly, of course. You know, he's a Northeast guy, and he didn't have any ties to LSU, but it just didn't seem like a fit down there. The West Coast didn't seem like a fit. There was always this talk of, you know, his kids are there. He wants to stay there. It's going to take something special to budge him and move him. Um, so I am a little bit surprised that he jumped now. Wisconsin's a great job. There's no doubt about it. He's making a ton of money. Um, could he have waited? This is the dangerous thing, you know. And no offense to Matt Campbell, who's making a lot of money, but you wait too long, your star fades. Um, and yeah. we don't hear Matt Campbell. He was mentioned with Wisconsin. He was mentioned with Nebraska, but he was sort of down fourth and fifth on those lists. Instead of a few years ago, he would have been number one on those lists and everybody would have been dreaming of him. Remember the whole Michigan movement to get Matt Campbell in here and let's get rid of Harbaugh, which is kind of laughable now. Um, you, you can sometimes wait too long. And I think Luke Fickle knew that, um, you know, if he's going to jump one more time, it would be to Ohio State. If Ryan Day loses third time in a row to Michigan, who knows what happens there if Pickle comes in. But beyond that, I think he decided to get a job that didn't have ridiculous expectations like Ohio State does um, in a division he can win and that a place would allow him to sort of put his signature. He's not far removed with, from what they like to do uh, offensively at, at Wisconsin. He's not a spread and throw at 50 time guy. So he fits in. I think it was just the perfect situation for him. And I think all these other rumors of him being involved with other jobs kind of crap. I don't think they were true. Yeah. I, I also think he looked at what he had in Cincinnati going to the big 12 and, and just said, Hey, do, where do I want to make my move? Right. And I think he had some special kids there. Mike, you, you mentioned, I mean, some of these group of five coaches, Scott Frost is another example. You mentioned you hit lightning in a bottle, man. You get some special kids on your team. You, know, you develop an Ahmad Gardner, a Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, a my Jay Sanders, a Kobe Bryant, right? You, you hit the, you hit the mother load. And then to your point, you got to strike while you can. And, uh, so I wasn't surprised that he left, but Wisconsin seemed like a, a, an interesting fit. But you like the hire there. So we got two A's so far. Matt Rule, Nebraska, get an A. Yeah. Luke Fickle yeah. and Wisconsin get an A. Uh, Monday, we got uh, our, another, our next big announcement. Uh, mm -hmm. The long-tenured, rumored, whatever you want to call it, Auburn opening is now officially filled. Hugh yeah. Freeze will be coming down from Liberty to take the reins at that job, Mike. Uh, a lot of back and forth here. So first, give me the grade on, Luke, on, on Hugh Freeze. And then give me the backstory because we knew we heard it was Lane Kiffin. You know, we heard some of these other ghost candidates. The last minute, the 11th hour, there were people who were concerned about Hugh Freeze's background and, you know, some of his past transgressions. You know, there was allegedly a movement. Boosters were involved. So give me the grade and then give me the backstory. All right. So the grade's a B plus, uh, and we'll okay. get to that in a second. The backstory is they wanted Kiffin. Uh, Jimmy Sexton is the agent for both Kiffin and um, Hugh Freeze. So Good problem to having... have, by the way. Good problem to have. Yeah, it is. And he was having sort of separate negotiations. And Kiffin was like, uh, you know, it was never a slam dunk. You know, all these people who tweeted out as experts, you know, whatever the guy's name is, Sokolov or whatever. But some of these other morons out there, you know, say Kiffin's leaving Friday. Kiffin's announced this. I saw a bunch of people with either, you know, blue check marks that they shouldn't have or Twitter blue check marks um, saying this, that and the other. It was never done. Um, it was never, you know, a, a locked in deal. Kiffin didn't handle it well. There's no doubt about that. You know, 
if he knew he was going to stay, and again, I get the you, you know the business decision. You got to wait and wait and wait till it becomes untenable in your own locker room and in your own situation. You wait and see what the offer is, and see what else they'll throw in, and see what else they'll come at you with. That's the agent game, and that's what Sexton was doing with Kiffin. But when it becomes untenable, and you lose your locker room, and you lose your last three games, and you do, your team looks like garbage, and nobody's playing, and all the questions are about whether you leave it or not, as opposed to the game itself, that's when you cut it off. And he didn't do that. And he really did a disservice to old Miss players by handling this poorly. But he was never locked into going. There was never a deal in place. There was never why though? Why, why do you think? Why do you think that is that he wasn't? Interested? I don't think he wanted to go. I mean, listen, Auburn. What I was told from somebody who's very close to Jimmy Sexton. I don't talk to Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton doesn't talk to me. I'm I'm a pimple on the ass of the world to Jimmy Sexton. Right? You're not going to talk to me. But I know people who know him. I, I know people. I know a lot of people who are clients of his and all this other stuff. So, people close to him told me that this was one of the most puzzling negotiations between Auburn and Lane Kiffin because neither side knew what the hell they wanted. Um, Auburn really didn't know if they wanted Kiffin from what I'm told. They weren't sold. They, they offered him something that was lower than expected. He came back obviously higher. Um, he also had, you know, some stipulations as far as boosters and facilities and recruiting and NIL and all this other stuff, as you should with any coach that, that is in demand. And, and it was just like neither side really was committed to this. And it would have kind of been an arranged marriage almost through the media. Um, and, and that's why it sort of fell through. Kiffin has a second chance with his kids and his family and all this stuff. You know, he, he left Tennessee in the middle of the night. He went to USC. USC didn't work out. Then he went to, you know, Alabama to rehab and then Florida. He's been around. Um, and everybody thinks he's this, you know, renegade. Uh, Gypsy, who's just going to move the next job. That's not the case. He likes it at Ole Miss. He feels he has a good situation at Ole Miss. Will he consider other jobs? Of course. But this wasn't the one I think he wanted to jump to. It was too parallel. <clears throat> and he didn't receive from we from the Auburn side the assurances he expected. Uh, we're in the day and age of guaranteed $80 million contracts for guys who don't deserve it. I mean, Mel Tucker's getting $95 million. Uh, Brian Kelly had a great season this year, but he's not worth $100 million guaranteed. And we see what Jimmy Jimbo Fisher gets. Um, yeah. There was an expectation of some sort of like throw everything at him. And it, it didn't come to to didn't it didn't it didn't happen. So so then you go so to what, what, Hugh Freeze. What, was right? Hugh Freeze the second choice though, Mike? So yeah. is that, and from what you understand, it was Kiffin and Freeze in that order. That was it. And so here's okay. the problem. Right. You know, Kiffin doesn't work out. Hugh Freeze is number two. The, the drop from number two to number three was really steep. Very, very steep. James Franklin, you know, knows how to play the game, knows how to get his name in there for interest, but he wasn't really going to leave. Deion Sanders, completely unqualified. Um, Cadillac Williams, great story, but unqualified as well. Uh, Matt Rule, they were interested in. Uh, they had spoken to him, but that wasn't going to happen from the get-go. It was Hugh Freeze. And then what happened is the boosters, the holier and now boosters said, oh, my gosh, we don't want this type of man here. There's character issues, blah, 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 blah. So that was Sunday, you know, when it was supposed to be announced. And then everybody started looking at who number three was. Uh, and they quickly realized that character issues don't mean crap. Well, you've got to win. Um, and that's how it erased. So it was brought up. 
you know, similar to the Tennessee situation where, you know, Greg Schiano, oh my God, you know, 20 years ago, he was at Penn State with Sandusky. Let's get rid of him. And, and Auburn looked at that and said, well, they ended up with Jeremy Pruitt, Chick-fil-A bags and NCAA sanctions. Okay, so let's not let the boosters completely dictate this. Let's also not let the fan base dictate this. Um, and the boosters also realized our number three choice ain't, ain't who we want. If we strike out on Kiffin and Freeze, similar to the Harson situation, I, I'm not really sure the packing order of who they wanted. I know Cristobal was in there, but they struck out on like their first four or five guys when they mm -hmm. ended up hiring Harson, And it obviously turned out to be a disaster. They didn't want to do this. So the moral, you know, outcry was quickly diminished by reality that this is the best coach. This is the best fit. And he's a B plus because he's beaten Nick Saban twice. Name another coach who's done that. I can't. Um, he knows the SEC. He can recruit. That's my Did Gus beat him twice? I don't know. I feel like he's won a couple Iron Bowl. That could be wrong, though. Yeah. No, no, you could be right. They, 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 that's probably well, we, right. I mean, that, that ship already sailed. I mean, unfortunately, I'm Auburn's sure. become the, the home for wayward Arkansas State coaches at this point, unfortunately. But you to that, your point. He beat, he beat Nick Saban back-to-back. -back. No one's ever yeah. done that. That that's I know. Right, yes. No one's ever done that. And that kind of should be the interview, right? The, the interview should be, um, you know, why do you think you're fit here for Auburn? Well, I beat Nick Saban back-to-back. -back. You're hired. That's it. You know, and that's kind of what it comes down to. He could develop quarterbacks. He could recruit. He's highly motivated to be successful in the SEC after being embarrassed by pushed out with all the off-field stuff. And I get it. Um, but he's the right fit here. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be successful. The landscape of the SEC is who knows. You know, we're going to uh, no divisions whatsoever, it appears. Um, Alabama has Nick Saban still. Uh, he's could retire tomorrow or he could retire six years from now. Um, it's just, it's, it's very, very unknown what the future of the SEC is, but he's a guy who's beaten A&M three times. He's a guy who's beaten LSU twice. He's beaten Georgia. Uh, he's beaten Tennessee. Uh, he's beaten Alabama and Nick Saban back to back. He's the fit. That doesn't mean he'd be sex successful, but I couldn't think of a better hire, uh, if it wasn't Kiffin. Is he going to have a, a short leash? Did he get the assurances that that he wants? I, I saw, I think it was Ross Dellinger at SI, so I, I may be quoting this wrong, had a, a piece that as part of the contract, he has to give up access to social media accounts or yeah. something like that. Is that instructive yeah. of a short leash that Hugh Freeze is going to have at Auburn? I think it's just it's posturing. You know, yeah. it, it's funny that those things come out. I mean, remember the Kyler Murray has to watch film thing? Probably should do um, that, by the way. Well, that was true. I mean, it was 100% yes. true. That, but then it became delight, and it's like, oh, my they God. They want to no. put that back in, by the way. Right. So now you notice they're backtracking a little bit where he freezes saying, listen, I don't want to hear anything about Auburn on social media. I don't want to say anything about Auburn on social media. Social media is the devil. They want him to behave, and they don't want him attacked constantly on social media in regards to call girls and hookers. Let's just be honest. That's uh, who does, want. right? Uh, who does? Well, that's exactly. natural. <laughs> so they, they want to, you know, sort of buffer their program from the, the scandalous past. Uh, this is the other thing, too, is that there was an article, I think, out there. It might have been Ross. It might have been someone else um, that said they pursued him for months, but then just did a background check Sunday. That's not true. You don't pursue somebody for a position uh, for months and months and months and months. Say, please, you know, be interested in us. Take the job. Take the job. And then you're like, oh. Let's check you out first. It's just it's happened. So they did their 
due diligence on this. It's not a pretty backstory. I mean, everything you see about Hugh Freeze is about the off-field issues, or it's about Laramie Tunsil in a freaking gas mask smoking a, a out of a bomb or what a bong or whatever. <laughs> it's about the recruiting Check violations bombs. of bombs aren't going to work. Of getting, <laughs> of getting, uh, you know, all these high-level recruits and 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 sort of you know having to uh, circumvent the rules to do so. Um, they just want all of that stuff to sign, kind of be put aside, and it will if he wins. If it doesn't. You know, it's a risky hire in that respect because if he doesn't win, then all that stuff's going to come to light. Assurances? No. Uh, you know, this. from what I understand, there's a lot of guaranteed money here, of course. You're not going to get a coach if that's not the case. It's more than his, his Liberty extension, which was $5 million a year. I haven't seen the numbers on his deal, but my guess is it's close to the $8 million range, which is a lot of money. Um, but there are provisions in place uh, cause provisions, all that stuff, more so than a normal contract. That's all I know. All right. One additional hire made, we'll, we'll talk briefly on this one, Mike, because I think I haven't seen your grades on this. I wonder, I'm curious what your grade is on this one. Arizona State yeah. goes and taps 32-year-old Kenny Dillingham, currently the offensive coordinator at Oregon, previous stops at Florida State and, and Memphis with Mike Norvell. Uh, I believe he's a, an alum. I believe he went to Arizona State. Mm -hmm. uh, so they tap him on the shoulder, and he's going to replace Herm Edwards, the new coach at Arizona State. Mike, to me, this feels like a really good home run hire. I'm sure he's young and, and maybe not, uh, not as long in the tooth as some coaches, right. but uh, I know you, you've, you've lauded his offensive mind. I know you've, you've been very complimentary of yeah. the work you think he did with Bo Nix this year at Oregon. Oregon. He now takes over a Sun Devil, Sun Devil program, which is maybe facing sanctions. Kind of needs to rebuild after some of the Herm Edwards stuff. Uh, grade the hire of Kenny Dillingham to Arizona State. I think it's a B. I gave it a B because of his age. Otherwise, it would be an A. I mean, he's 32 years old. You don't really know what you're getting as far as, you know, can he be a CEO of a, of a you know, multi-million dollar company? Is he old enough, mature enough to handle this? But this is a dude who was, you know, at Chaparral, which is a huge program in Arizona, you know he was a he was a, a GA at Arizona State. Um, he worked under, you know, Norvell. Um, you know, he worked under your buddy Gus, even though he wasn't allowed to call plays. Um, and he worked under Norvell again at, at Oregon, I mean, at Florida State, and, and you know came into his own. You know, this year really with the Bo Nix situation. I mean, he took Bo Nix, who was a, you know, uh, improvising colossal disappointment at Auburn into a non-improvising great talent uh, that rebounded from a 49-3 loss uh, in the opener to Georgia to a team that actually pushed for the playoff down near the late in the season. So, you know, that's it. They need youth. They need energy. They need somebody who's going to bring that to recruiting. They need an Arizona guy um, they need the opposite of Herm Edwards in every capacity here. So it's a risky hire. I mean, you could have gone with a Jim Mora, you know, junior at UConn, who knows the Pac-12, who understands that. You could have gone even, you know, older than that when it comes to experience. Um, but I like this hire because it's risky. But, you know, I mean – He's, he's, he's not a cocky guy. He's, he's a very self-confident guy, not cocky, but he's a smart dude and, and he's going to learn on the job and he's going to surround himself with some great, uh, great coaches. 
All right, now let's go to the openings that are still out there, the rumors that are kind of floating around. Um, and we'll start with Deion Sanders. He confirmed mm-hmm. on a conference call on Monday as he prepares for the SWAC championship that Colorado has indeed offered their head coach job to him. He also dropped a nugget to say others have also I don't know if he if he was meaning to say offered him jobs, but at least talked to him about jobs. So he's got allegedly a piece of paper on the table right now from Colorado and maybe others. Um, what do you make of the Dion situation? Do you think Colorado is a fit for him? Is that something he's considering or is he going to hold out and wait for other jobs? And what are these other schools that you think are contacting Dion? So I think USF contacted him. Um, I, I, it's a great fit for him. I, I don't know why he, but it, it looks like, and we're going to get to that one. I'm sure in, in a little bit, and we don't even have to, because it looks like Chadwell is going to take it. Jamie Chadwell from coastal Carolina. Uh, from what I understand, he's going to probably be the next coach there. Colorado is a horrible fit for him. I, I don't think that's anything that he would be interested in. Um, you know, yeah. Mel Tucker went there Southeast ties, you know, one year and ended up with a, you know, great situation, Michigan state and a ton of money. Dion doesn't, need a great situation. He doesn't need a ton of money. Uh, what he needs to do is use his strength, which is his name and his ability to recruit in the Southeast. Um, I don't know who else would have contacted him, honestly. I mean, I think Cincinnati has been in contact. Um, yeah. You know, their situation is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Whether it's going to be, you know, Heartline. Um, the, the, the coach is there. I mean, Mark D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, Luke Fickle. That's a nice little um, – you know, not stepping stone job because I think it's a little bit better than that now that they're in the power five. Um, you know, but I think Dion's going to hold. Um, I think there's going to be different, perhaps better opportunities for him next season. The, the biggest question is, does he want to still be in Mississippi at Jackson State? And that's no offense to Mississippi or Jackson State. It's just like that is like as far removed uh, from a power five job as possible. He's made it a big name because he's a big name and because he's been able to get the Travis hunters of the world, you know, five-star recruits to go there, which is amazing, but still he wins every game because his talent, his roster talent is just so much better than everybody else's. It's not a big challenge and it's not proving to anybody that he can coach at the power five level. So I think he's going to hold um, USF puzzles me why he wouldn't take that if they did offer him and, and it hasn't been public, but they have because he would be a great fit there. So I'm sorry, you're saying that Jamie Chadwell is going to take the USF job? It's my, it's what I'm hearing. I mean, I don't know for a fact. I mean, this is the funny thing about it, right? I know everybody. I know everybody. And they just pretend they don't know me. Um, <laughs> when they're in the I'm middle consider of that one day, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you could do. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, and I get it, you know? But there's guys that I talk to on a daily basis that all of a sudden are mentioned for a job and then it's just ghost city. You know, if 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 I were a, um, you know, if this were a dating situation, I would feel very hurt because, you know, nobody wants to be ghosted and I get ghosted by everybody. So I don't know. I'm just hearing from people that Chadwell is going to be the guy. That sounds interesting to me, though, because his name comes up a lot in some of these other jobs, right? I mean, we'll talk about Georgia Tech next, right? His name was was floating around that Georgia Tech job, you know, with no disrespect to, to USF, right? Obviously, it's a group of five job, a complete total rebuild there. While they're in a recruiting rich state, uh, there's certainly a lot of challenges ahead. You hear Chadwell's name, you know, for some other jobs. Now, to your point earlier, how true some of that stuff is, I guess we don't really know. But it seems yeah. interesting that he, he would take that job when his name's kind of in the mix for other jobs like a Georgia Tech. But I also think this is crap. I think it's all crap. I, I, again, this is the agent's job. You know, I mean, was 
a couple years ago, was James Franklin really close to taking the Florida State job? I don't think so. I think this is what agents do. And I think they get their clients' names out there with jobs uh, that really, I don't know if there's interest. Now, Georgia Tech, of course, they should have interest in, in Chad. Well, I think he's a great fit. But they've got other candidates that they like better. And, and maybe it's like, hey, we want to interview you. Hey, we're interested. But I don't think these guys have like these offers. So when I hear Luke Fickle, you know, oh, my gosh, you turned down USC. No, he didn't. Um, you know, Chadwell may not have other options. USF might be his best option. Um, and, and it's a better option recruiting wise and, and to show that he can rebuild a program than, than Carolina is. All right. Well, on to Georgia Tech, a lot of rumor speculation that Willie Fritz, the current Tulane head coach who is playing in the championship this weekend, uh, is their guy. Again, smoke screens are all about about other candidates, other interviews. Um, but it seems like Willie's in the driver's seat. What are you hearing down from Atlanta? Yeah, I think that's going to be announced after this weekend's game. Um, you know, that one, Bill O'Brien, I was a 10-year, I believe, 10-year assistant coach at Georgia Tech. I, I believe that he was not maybe not offered the job, but but given every opportunity to say yes to that job. And I don't think he does. I think Bill O'Brien honestly has an eye on, on going back to the NFL, which is, mm. you know, he's never going to get a situation in Houston where he was the GM and could make all the personnel. Decisions. Nor should he, by the way. Right. Some of the things he did from that side of things weren't good, but from a coaching side of things, some of the things weren't bad. Um, he made the playoff and he had his team competitive. So I think there's interest from the NFL in Bill O'Brien. And I think that's where he wants to go because people don't understand what a nightmare this NIL stuff is and this portal stuff is. I mean, it's just a nightmare. It's so much work when you can go maybe be an NFL head coach, or even if you're a coordinator at the college level and you get like a nice uh, high salaried coordinator position, in the NFL, you should jump at it um, because you know, you're dealing with free agency, uh, but you're also dealing with professionals College is a mess. So I think Bill O'Brien has his eyes on the NFL. That was Georgia Tech's first choice. I think Chadwell was in there, but I think they landed on Fritz and it'll be announced after uh, after this weekend. Maybe a surprising move. I know you talked about it a few times on previous editions uh, of the Mike Farrell Sports Show here. Um, David Shaw, um, after yeah. the Stanford game, decides that he's going to announce he's stepping down. Uh, he's, he's, you know, I guess presumably done for a year. We'll see. Who knows what that stuff, right? I mean, I know he's been on TV a bunch, but now Stanford is open, which is really interesting, Mike, because obviously academic standards at Stanford are unlike anywhere else in the country. They don't take yeah. transfers like every other school does, or the portal really doesn't. You know, it's only a one way out situation from a, a portal standpoint, uh, but it's a Pac 12 job for now. Who knows what happens with conferences and whatnot? Um, so, twofold, how surprised are you that Shaw stepped away when he was obviously making a pretty, a pretty significant chunk of money? And B, what's Stanford going to do now? Who are they going to recruit in there to, to coach that team? Yeah, so I, I heard that he's just, again, you know, he lost coaches, uh, strength and coordinator, uh, strength and conditioning coach. He lost, um, you know, a lot of the ability to do what he did at Stanford through the portal. Um, they have NIL money, but it's not really a priority at Stanford. Um, so, you know, when, when David Shaw was putting together like top 15 recruiting classes at Stanford, uh, this was like, you know, early 2000s. Um, it was amazing, but he can't do that anymore. It's impossible. Just not going to happen at Stanford, um, you know, and, and with the portal itself, you know, most kids choose Stanford for a reason. They're not going to transfer out, but he can't get anybody in the portal. Just can't. 
the academics are just so ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-way street in the portal for Stanford. I mean, they, they can come in and they can leave if they want to, um, which is rare. We've seen a few of them do it. You can't get anybody. So he can't fix his roster the way everybody else is. And it's not a competitive uh, situation in the Pac-12. Plus, he was like just burnt out and overwhelmed by it all. I mean, juggling the academic responsibility at Stanford with everything else uh, is not a long-term job. Um, we've seen guys leave before uh, for better jobs. He's leaving for no job. He'll land probably in the NFL. He's got a lot of ties to the NFL. I think Derek Mason might be the target here. Um, you know, he was at Stanford for a while. He, he did an okay job at Vanderbilt. I thought he was over his head at Vanderbilt. I thought he was way out of his league, and he did better than I expected him to. But he knows how to run academic-first programs. Mike Elko would be a long shot. You know, he's in his first year at Duke, eight and four. He would be a great hire, but is he going to really leave Duke after one season? I'm not sure. I've heard Mike Bloomgren, who was a former Stanford coach, surprising five and seven season for Rice this year. Uh, but is that enough? Troy Taylor, Sacramento State's been mentioned as well. And then you've got the Chris Peterson talk. Um, you know, and Bronco Mendenhall obviously did a good job at Virginia juggling their academics, which aren't like Stanford, but, you know, not bad. Um, those two guys I think will be of interest too, but I think they're going to land on Derek Mason, which I don't think is a good hire. I mean, nothing against Derek Mason, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to move the needle for you. Um, I think Chris Peterson will be the home run here. A couple of small jobs also opened up Mike with some firings uh, in no particular order. UNLV FAU and Tulsa also popped open. Do any three of those kind of grab you as, Hey, that's, that's a really interesting opportunity for uh, for a coach. No. No. I mean, UNLV is. I mean, you're in Vegas. It's fun. It's exciting. But they didn't give Arroyo time at all. So, you know, I mean, yeah, if they offered a job to you and you're making, you know, a few million dollars coaching the UNLV, that's great. You know, Tulsa has an opportunity to sort of be that you know, thorn in the side group of five program. I mean, they're they're intriguing jobs, but they're not. No. I mean, th- th- so those are the jobs. Like if you take that job, you're going to obviously try to have success in your first two or three years there and then jump. They're stepping stone jobs. Uh, I don't think any of them could make any waves at the group of five level to any extent where we're going to be talking about them, you know, in November. And then uh, let's go back to Cincinnati for a second. One of the hot internet rumors out there, uh, and this will be fun for you to talk about. One of the hot internet rumors is that Cincinnati could be potentially an opportunity for one Urban Meyer. Obviously, he's a Cincinnati grad. His son is on Luke Fickle's staff. I see a lot of people on on the social media webs trying to connect the dots there. I've seen a bunch of reputable people shoot that down pretty quickly, Mike. So I figured I'd give you the chance to shoot that down as well. Any credence of Urban Meyer? Ever, 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 never, ever, ever going to happen. Not ever, Never, not ever, ever, ever. No, Dion, Brian Hartline, um, yeah. you know, Jason Candle. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, no. And, it, you know, they could always go Goodell, um internally or, or Kerry Coombs if they wanted to. But no, Cincinnati is a big deal. You know, honestly, it, yeah. it, they're going to the Big 12 now. It's a power five program. Urban Meyer would be an absolute home run, but it's not a big enough deal for him. I mean, there's no way. Uh, he loves to be set up for success, um, and, and they're really not set up for success. Not that they're going to fail, but this isn't like a slam dunk. You know, if this was like two years ago or, well, actually heading into last season, you know, knowing that that roster talent is there and so many NFL draft picks on there. I mean, I think they had more NFL draft picks than Michigan. Um, yeah, maybe he'd jump in there. Um, 
but no, not now. Nope. Nope. What are you hearing on some of the retread coaches out there? You mentioned Bronco Mendenhall, Chris Peterson, Tom Herman, Scott Frost. Are you in any of those names kind of pop up for any of these open jobs? No, I mean, Tom Herman props up, pops up for Stanford, which I find hilarious because he's the, 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 the worst fit possible yeah. for Stanford. Like, I don't know how this is one of those things where, you know, again, we're, we're in a, a coaching carousel where you just throw garbage out there and just make it up. And there's guys that do that. Um, and if it sticks, you look like a genius. And if it doesn't stick, you say, well, that's what I heard. Um, no, I mean, Tom Herman being hired at Stanford would be like, I don't know, giving the keys to your drunken uncle at Thanksgiving and telling him to drive everybody home. I mean, what, <laughs> what kind of fit would that be? <laughs> just yeah, not good. No. Well, this is like, you know, everybody sees, oh, Tom Herman was at Ohio state. No, he didn't do great at Texas, but he was okay at Houston. He was a big name and all that stuff. That's great. Those are great programs for him to be at Stanford. They have a little bit of different, um, you know, situation. I mean, they, they might as well hire Hugh Freeze. Uh, it, it's just He's not going to happen. I don't know why his name was put in there. It's just I look at it and I laugh at the people who actually put that name in there. And I'm like, you just have no shame in your game whatsoever. And you'll just say anything, won't you? Um, so no, Scott Frost is not going to get another head coaching job anytime soon. I don't care if it's group of five or not. Um, that was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. And there are things coming out of there. Tom Herman, like out of Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know if you've heard these things. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but it's not just a coaching issue. So there's some things about Scott. Do they Frost. involve a bar? I, I just don't think it makes him a, a viable I've heard this to be a, yeah. a, a head football coach in college football at the group of five level and certainly not the power sure. five level. And Bronco Mendenhall is definitely mentioned for, for Stanford. I mean, he did a good job at BYU, obviously, um, you know, was consistently winning eight, nine games there every year, sometimes more, you know, okay job at Virginia. That was a complete fish out of water, ridiculous kind of sad hire in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a big reach. He, he did as good as he could there. He'd do okay on the West Coast. I just don't think he's going to, you know, be their top choice at Stanford, though. All right. So every year, I feel like we have a job that that pops open. So last year's example I'll give you is USC popping open, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley taking that job. Do you do you anticipate any sort of big, you know, like jaw dropping changes taking mm -hmm. place within some of these big jobs? I, you don't have to guess now if you don't know anything, but do you anticipate Ready? that no, we're going to see? Oh, I, we got I guesses. Okay, we got we got some I, jaw droppers. Okay. I know absolutely nothing, but I'll, I'll yeah. name some schools for you just to. Okay. Just, to, just for fun. Here we go. You know, I get jealous of these idiots who like to say stuff that isn't You're, true. You can be an idiot too, Mike. I'm, I'm going to be. This is the idiot section of my show. Ready? Perfect. Yes. Michigan. I need some music for that. Okay. Okay. Right. And so that, right. Would, that, right. would, that would require Harbaugh to jump to the NFL? Indianapolis well, yeah. Colts? I mean, he wanted to go to the Vikings last year. He's as hot okay. as he's ever been. He's always okay. had a little itch for the NFL. I know he came back and promised, you know, he, he cheated on his wife and then came back and promised he'll never do it again. Okay. <laughs> How many times has somebody said that? So <laughs> Michigan. All right. Okay. USC. What? Wow. Lincoln Riley, we don't know his salary, but it's got to be over $10 million a year. Why would he ever leave there? Mm, I, I Just because he left Oklahoma doesn't mean the Dallas Cowboy rumors aren't are just going to go away. Right. Yeah. Um, so 
Lincoln Riley has always been tied to the pros for the last few years. So I'm not saying anything's true about this. This is my ability to throw crap at the wall, see if it sticks. Okay. Tennessee, Josh Heupel. I know Mm. people in the NFL are intrigued by his offensive prowess and what he's done, you know, from an offensive standpoint. They don't give a crap about recruiting. They don't give a crap about NIL or anything like that. They don't care what he does in the portal. They care that the guy scores a ton of points and he can do so with okay talent. Um, and okay quarterbacks. I mean, Hendon Hooker is not the world beater. Uh, so Tennessee and and the other one is LSU. And I know people are like, "What are you crazy?" You know, he's got guaranteed money there. Uh, Brian Kelly has always had a little itch too for the NFL. He's, he's flirted a few times, yeah. Yes, he, he almost took the Eagles' job. Colts, I mean, Eagles, was, if I remember correctly, yeah. A hundred years ago, he almost took the Eagles' job, and it led to some decommitments at, at Notre Dame. I remember specifically that year. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't like Jumbo, you know, Jambalaya. Maybe he doesn't like, um, you know, faking a Southern accent. Maybe he doesn't like um, the the summers in Baton Rouge. I don't know. I don't know the yeah. man. Uh, I just know that the job he did here when his roster, I believe, was down to 49 scholarship players at one point and what he did at the portal, and he's shown he's a great coach. Now, this past weekend aside, they sucked. They looked horrible. No excuse to lose to Texas A&M, a team that just gave up. Aside from that, though, he's done an amazing job. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that these guys, Jim Harbaugh's agent's going to get calls. Uh, Mike Riley's agent's going to get calls. Josh Heupel's agent and Brian Kelly's agents are going to get calls. Now, Dabo Swinney's agent is going to get calls, too. He's not going anywhere. But, you know, if I'm throwing crap at the wall, uh, these, these are some guys that could it's stun interesting. There are going to be some NFL openings. Obviously, we know the Colts are already open. The Panthers are already open. I think, you know, you don't have to be a genius to know that that Cliff Kingsbury is probably in trouble in Arizona at some point. That may open. It's not really working well for Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. That one may pop open. So it feels like there are openings that are coming that, that could come out well, of the pipeline. Right? I mean, how long is it? Can you stay with Lovey? Lovey Smith? That was a horrible hire. I mean, I don't know. What That's fair. Yeah. Drunken fools were in a room that said, I know. Lovey Smith. The same drunken fools who said, I know Bill O'Brien, I suppose. Or said Urban Meyer or Jackson. I I just, I really want to be a fly on the wall at some of these meetings from these, you know, and and I also want to be a fly on the wall in college. I want to, I want to be a fly on the wall in that booster meeting at Texas A&M that said, I know let's give Jimbo a hundred million dollars guaranteed and no out to the contract. That's a great idea. Like there's so many stupid things that occur. Um, the Bears have a first-year coach, so you assume he's not going to be gone. Um, you know, McVay could jump to Amazon. You don't yeah, know. Yeah, you don't know. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, you know, Kingsbury just signed an extension, but he sucks. They got to get rid of him. They're imploding by oh, the minute. Horrible. I mean, and you know what? They did two mistakes. They hired a petulant little brat, and not hired, but they they drafted a petulant little brat and Kyler Murray, and they got a guy who had no business coaching the NFL. I mean, this was a guy who was not a well-rounded coach at Texas Tech. He was mm-hmm. going to USC as the offensive coordinator. Oh, let's make him our head coach. Like, how does that even happen? It, it was somebody hiring based on his his devilish good looks? I mean, I, I don't understand some of these decisions. Um, Matt LaFleur ain't exactly solid at, at Green Bay, in my opinion. Um, you know, it, it, there's other coaching opportunities that that could come up. But, you know, Lovey Smith won nine and one. So – you just don't know. 
You don't know. Uh, and I know, listen, I mentioned the Cowboys, right? Mike McCarthy's eight and three. Eh. Oh, when we lose a first round playoff game again this year, right? Jerry's going to get super impatient. And Jerry's, Jerry's always super impatient. Jerry's by the way. You know, yeah. and if Dak comes out and he goes eight for 24 again, it sucks it up yeah. and they lose in the yeah. first round of playoffs after this is the year the Cowboys are going to win out. You just don't know. But the issue, though, because Arizona and Carolina are both coming off of essentially bad tenures with college coaches to NFL. So you wonder if they would make that same mistake again. But again, you got the Colts, you got the Broncos. You never know what the Rams, right? There may be opportunities for um, you. You put Matthew Stafford in a Josh Heupel offense. Like, I mean, I could see how you might get drunk off that if you're Stan Kroenke. Like, hey, you know what? This might work for us in L.A. Well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, McVay is not on the hot seat. He, he sure. could go to Amazon for a billion dollars. I mean, that's probably got a concussion this week. He got blocked on the sideline, <laughs> but, uh, but the idiots that made these decisions could make the same idiotic decisions. I mean, we, we've seen stupid people do stupid things over and over again. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it rarely works when you go from college to the NFL, just rarely, but yet here we are again, over and over again, we see it happen and it's going to happen again. And I'm not saying any of these guys are going anywhere. I'm just saying that if you're looking for a stunning, shocking January announcement, keep an eye on those four schools. All right, let's do a, a transition to other people who sometimes make baffling decisions, Mike, and that is the college football playoff committee. We're yeah. talking Tuesday morning. Rankings will come out again here uh, tonight, Mike. Um, I, I think I've got a tab in the top four. Can I give you my top four? Go ahead. And you tell me if I'm an idiot or if I'm not. Go ahead. At number four, I have USC. At number okay. three. I have yep. TCU. Yep. At number two, I have Georgia. And at number one, your Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> You're funny. I think committee's going to go absolutely bananas for how much they hand. Because, again, I know you. I know how you feel about it. There's been an overinflated sense of Ohio State. We saw that clearly happen. I think the committee's going to go, hey, they handled business on the road. Ohio State, rivalry game. Georgia beat Georgia Tech. What does that even mean? They struggled in the first half. I think you get Michigan to one, Georgia to two. Never. Ever will that happen. Not never, ever, ever. Because, A, it's the SEC. It I know is. the Big Ten is worth a lot of money and all that stuff, and I know a lot of viewers and all that. Michigan's a big brand. I get that. No, 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 no. never. Georgia, but you're missing you're missing the the fun here, though, Mike. Because if you get uh, um, Georgia at two, TCU at three, I think most people would say, "Hey, that's an easy march into the into the championship game for Georgia." You know, um, if they were playing USC and they were the one seed, and USC was the four seed, that may be harder. So I think this actually passed Georgia to the finals a lot easier. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm saying they're never going to do it. And, and first of all, I mean, Michigan's beaten Ohio State, which yes. you know, clearly looks vastly overrated, and they beat Penn State. Those are the only two good wins this season. You know, and Georgia doesn't have a lot of good wins either. I mean, they blasted Tennessee, uh, but the, the SEC East hasn't been that great. And, and you know, a win over Georgia Tech's not going to really impress anybody. Um, so, but they're just not, I mean, last week, I believe it was 58 votes for Georgia. I, I, well, no, AP-wise, it was 58 votes for Georgia last week. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to look at all of these factors and say, well, why would we possibly put Michigan over a Georgia team that's undefeated that has a victory over an Oregon team that's, you know, just fell apart in Corvallis, but it's fairly highly rated over a Tennessee team that was number one in the country at the time. You can make an argument if you want to that Michigan's resume is – Equal, not better, 
I mean, because look at these some of these wins. You know, Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt, yeah. Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State. All these teams kind of are average, um, but they're not going to leapfrog them. If 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 let's say Ohio State was number one last week and Michigan drilled them like they did, then Michigan would jump to number one. But not jumping Georgia is going to be impossible. So my my top four uh, is you know Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Uh, the intriguing thing here is if it, USC, it gets fun after after that though, Mike. Who's yeah. who's five six? Well, five is Ohio State. Okay. I don't think that's going to change. And then six is Alabama. Alabama, okay. And and technically, you know, when you look at some of the committee, um, you know, criteria, Tennessee should be ahead of Alabama. I was going to say. First. So then, where where's that then? Right. So then that puts Alabama behind or in front of Tennessee. So yeah. my assumption would be five Ohio State, six Alabama. Seven Tennessee, Seven right? Because Clemson, Oregon, both lost, right? So Tennessee yeah. pops up. So they yeah. sit behind an Alabama team that they beat. Yeah, and so those seven are the only ones really in consideration for anything. And you can make an argument that Tennessee should be ahead of Alabama because they beat them head to head. They got better wins overall, um, yep. and and you know common opponents they've done better as well. But Alabama's Alabama, so they're going to be sixth. Tennessee will be seventh. So really, it comes down to you know. Does two, TCU get eliminated if they lose one game? I think they do. I think they'll be pushed out of the top four immediately. You know, does USC get eliminated with a second loss? I think they would. Um, and my Utah team is a difficult out. Um, are you going to have Ohio State back in there, you know, for the second time in playoff history, not winning their division, you know, much less their conference? Uh, you probably will if one of those yep. two teams loses. And then does Alabama sneak back in? If TCU and USC lose, does Alabama get yeah. back in? And I think the answer to that is yes. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's the Tennessee argument that comes back up again. I think Tennessee gets hurt because they had their their losses. They're, they're, they have the worst loss between yeah. them and Alabama, right? When that, and that's how it's going. And right. they got drilled in both their losses where Correct. Alabama's lost by four points on the last Correct. position of each game. So, yeah. So chaos comes if both um, TCU and, and USC lose uh, somehow on on Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Then mm-hmm. you get uh, you get an Ohio State Alabama in there, which will be that that would be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama as your four, which should be pretty much what you chalked in as the yeah. as the season started off, right? Two yeah, two teams for two conferences, right? Weird. It's funny, you know. I didn't chalk in Michigan. I, I was wrong. That's on Michigan. I, I thought they would have some losses that, that weren't expected this season. Their schedule was ridiculously easy, but. I, th- I felt last year was an aberration and, and, and just I, I, I credit Jim Harbaugh to proving everybody wrong. And the best revenge is success. And he's had it. So I didn't have them. I, you know, obviously nobody really had USC. I mean, the people who mentioned USC as a playoff contender were like, are you crazy? They were four and eight last year. Uh, their offensive de- defensive lines are not good. They, you know, he can bring transfers in, but he's not going to be able to fix that immediately. Um but yeah, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia were certainly up there, so that's no surprise. Um, be nice to see Ohio State get back in there, right? And then you know maybe the number four seed, and then play Georgia, oh, or how about the number three seed if TCU and USC lose, and then a rematch with Michigan in the playoff? That would be fun. Um, not fun for Ryan Day, I'll tell you that much. Now, nothing's fun for Ryan Day in life because if they don't make the playoff, it's going to be a really, really long off season. If they do make the playoff, he better win it all. Because if he doesn't, then it's going to be like big, big game. Ryan can't coach because he lost to Clemson in the in the semifinals. He lost to Alabama in the finals. He's lost to Michigan twice in a row. He goes to the playoff, loses to Michigan in the first round, Ooh. or perhaps loses to Georgia in the first round. 
uh, death. Now he gets to the final. Let's say he gets to the the, the 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 championship game, and let's say it's against Michigan, and he loses that death. There's no the only only redeemable quality for Ryan Day rate at this point is to win a national championship. That's the only thing that's going to shut people up, and it's amazing because he's forty five and five. Mm-hmm. But that's the that's the job. It's the job. Hot seat. Uh, really quickly, give me. Um, I know we're probably a week away. Uh, give me your your uh, who's going to New York? Who are the four or five Heisman finalists that you have right now? It's a really good question. So, Caleb Williams has it one. I yep. think that's over. Uh, you know, I, I honestly think, you know, CJ Stroud will get there. We know that he's meh to me. Yep. Yep. I think Hendon Hooker will get there. Got to invite Hendon Hooker. I agree. It should be Max Duggan. It should 100% be Max Duggan. There should be yep. no doubt Max Duggan deserves a trip to New York. He probably won't get there. They might throw Bryce Young in there just because. Okay. But I don't think they should. No Blake Corm? Blake Corm deserves there too, but I I don't know if they will. Um, I I could tell you this. I would pick Caleb Williams as my Heisman winner, and my runner-up would be Max Duggan. Fair enough. All right. Again, MikeFarrellSports.com is where you can catch up on everything oh, Mike's working reading. on, too. I was going to get to that, but before you go anywhere around that, um, yeah. I think Mike wants to give you some good news about uh, Bet Online, Mike. I think there's some good <laughs> stuff going on there. You want to share with read, the group? Bro. So, Here's your read. Box. It's basketball season. I know that, by the way. Yeah. Listen, meet in a box. Butcherbox.com. Meet in a box. That's my pitch for them. I don't have a read for them. So if you're asking me to pitch Butcherbox, that's it. Meet the box. Uh, bet online basketball is back bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup information player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's nfl nba nhl mma tennis boxing or even golf head to betonline.ag to join Receive our 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. I can tell you this. I've had some customer service experiences with a couple other gambling sites. It's Mm -hmm. been horrible. It's been miserable. It's been Mm -hmm. awful. Bet online, a little bit better than that when it comes to customer service. So if you want to put your money in there and develop sort of a fun, little, non-harmful gambling problem, bet online. That's where you want to go. Again, MikeFarrellSports.com. Also where you want to go, follow Mike on social media stuff at Sports. And uh, check out that YouTube channel. There's some Mike in the Worlds up there. There's probably yeah. some more coming in the next couple of days. So um, sit tight on those. Again, website, uh, championship weekend coming up here. We'll be back next week, I'm sure, to break all that down and then talk about all the endless bowls. I cannot wait to talk about the cheese it Bowl, Mike. I've got – I'm already Which doing one? research now for the cheese it Bowl. Are there two? Are there two yeah, should, there should be more than two. Well, I got to tell you, I had I, – I, so when I eat cheese its I eat it by the box because I'm a fat person and I can't stop eating. Um, mm. I had cheeses ridged ranch cheddar. <laughs> mm. I mean, change your life. Well, listen, if I'm going to die of something, I kind of think that's what I want it to be this week. Anyways, you know, put a little, you just put some, some, some cheese, some sliced cheese. I mean, if you want to go easy cheese, which is the greatest cheese known to man, just Unbelievable. So Cheez-Its, if you want to be a sponsor, so you want, you want the corner report to say Michael J. Farrell cause of death, cheese it. Yeah. And I want to cheese it box. Okay on my chest in the casket because that's how I went. I don't know why I'm doing a cheesy commercial. Uh, whatever. We're going to talk bowls. I like mayonnaise too. We can talk about mayonnaise. So let's talk about like every sponsor 
as much as the game itself because um aren't there isn't there like a chainsaw sponsor too i like chainsaws thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube